Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. We are now officially switching to a bi-monthly format. There may come a time in the future where I might have to switch to a monthly format again. However, I believe that we'll be sticking to releasing twice a month for the foreseeable future. I've also updated the meta information for the podcast and it should display information better for Apple programs and even display using a seasoned system. I fixed all broken links in the show notes of every show, including season one, and hyperlinked to every image. Please let me know if you find any problems with the feed and its information. Last time on Trailblazers, the party let the Slender Man out of his prison and were transported to an otherworldly forest where they hunted several pages before confronting the Slender Man himself and defeating him, or whatever passes for defeating him, and found themselves cured of all their manias. They didn't have long to rest, however, as the men from the Destroyer found the party and demanded that they come with them. An unspeakable horror manifested from the Slender Man's stasis chamber and rushed towards the party, swallowing Koba whole. Will the party be able to save Koba? How are they going to combat this new horror? And how is the Destroyer's crew going to factor into all this? Find out this week on Trailblazers. The men from the Destroyer Capella opened fire at the monster behind you that had just grabbed Koba. And the guy in the center, the commander who, I mean, he shouts, um, let's go, let's go now. Come with us. We'll get you out of here. To appease Caleb, uh, I immediately stab the temporal accelerator in the back of my head while simultaneously <laughs> chugging all four potions. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm still, like, I had grabbed Koba. She was ripped out of your hands. Yeah. And I saw, like, I have some of her fur in my hands. And I'm just, like, I'm going to use the thing where I can run away and shoot an arrow. And I'm just, like, turning around and yelling her name. Okay. You shoot an arrow into this thing. It just gets... Just sucked up right into the mass of this this pulsating, bubbling flesh, and Tar turns around to see, you know, at the last second, as Tar gets as Koba gets enveloped, and he's like, "No!" and he pulls out uh, his chainsaw and he runs at her to, to try to cut her out of this thing. And as he gets to it, this thing starts trying to come around him, and at this point, he's just defending himself, cutting off almost uh, tentacle-like appendages as it reaches out for him. Uh, they're not anything different from the mass. They're just kind of kind of coming at him as tentacles would, like, say, an octopus. Um, it's all part of the same flesh. It's not distinct. And he's cutting it off, and he just can't get to her, and he starts backing up. Do you guys run away? Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for her. Like, I, I, I hold my many-eyed staff. Thanks, Caleb. Um, and I'm looking, I'm trying All to see... Right, we can... just need to get this out of the way for our listeners. I made fun of my players for not using their stuff, so expect the rest of this episode to be Christian going, well, Caleb, I used this. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm looking really hard for her before I leave the room. So you're going to go up to this mass to look for her? No, not like, no, like with my eyes, not with my butt, my hands. <laughs> I'm okay. like sorting through the, the horrible flesh thing. Tar has been trying to sort through this horrible flushing. It's not going well for him. And you see that soon enough, he's going to get enveloped too. Is there anything you need to do, say or do for Tar? Oh, I thought he was backing off. He, yeah, he was backing off, but this thing is like coming around him as he backs up. Tar, we need to leave. Tar, she's gone, man. We got to go. I'm going to try like shoot arrows at any of the tentacles coming toward him. Yeah, and I'm, I'm shooting with my um, arc, re- uh, arc pistol. You guys fire at this thing, and, and, and Tar almost stands still for a couple seconds, and then he turns around and runs towards you guys. You 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 guys go out with this commander dude, and two of those, we'll call them infantrymen for now, uh, but the two other ones stay behind and start trying to tackle this creature. Um, thankfully, not physically, actually just trying to shoot this thing. Uh, and as you guys are running through, you guys are backtracking through, through these archives. This guy, he kind of... Um, Presses against his 
his ear or um, his his, uh, his helmet and begins to talk. And he says, this is Sinclair. I'm coming with the VIPs. Prepare extraction. And you hear responding from his helmet. Roger that, Alpha team. Chargers are set and primed. You guys hey, you run. Said, th- oh, man. You said your communicator didn't work. Uh, did I? Yep. Yeah, he totally did. He, well, he Caleb says quickly to cover his butt. Uh, it doesn't work outside of the structure. These men are in the structure. I've got men placed all around the structure to get us out of here. Less questions, more running. And you, you I hear, never stopped running. You hear a big roar from behind you. And uh, this roar is not the sound of a lion or anything that has a mouth. This is a, a sound that could not possibly come out of a mouth. Who knows how this, this creature is making this noise. And you can feel it vibrating through your legs every time they touch the floor. Uh, as the building kind of shivers. Uh, you go into the library, and, and this whole, like, books are falling, everything is, as the place is shaking, and you run through it, and then, uh, you go through this, the next hallway, and you go down until you get to the Obsidian Pillar Room, and you can hear gunfire happening, uh, from that pillar room, and as you get in there, you see, to your left, are a couple new, uh, crystal statues, and in front of you, blocking your path, is this giant amalgamation of red crystal blocking you. Everyone roll initiative. I got a 20. Uh, 19. And if I could, Caleb, while we're running, uh, I'd like to inject myself with hype. Get hyped up for the battle? Yeah, sure, yeah. go ahead. As you get in this room, there's a couple other of these these troopers in here, and they all begin, uh, or they, you're actually interrupting a firefight. They're already shooting at this thing. And this thing is slinking around, and it's, it's not particularly fast. It's slow, steady, and when it gets to something, it just smashes them, or it's doing all sorts of things anyway. So uh, they open fire on this thing, and they are, as you know, bolts are hitting it, it's, it's, it's chipping away at this thing. Uh, it is right in front of me? It's at the end of the room, so we'll give it 40 feet. Oh. Okay, well, I'm going to run up to it and just hit it with my, with my hammer. I'm going to try to crack this thing up. It'll be a 29. You smash this thing. You, your, your hammer almost vibrates as you hit it. This thing is solidly... Uh, Bill, though it is still crystal, you definitely start to crack it. Uh, Victor, that will be the end of your turn. Lanaris. Could I reach a pillar if I moved? Yeah. Okay. The pillar's almost like within 10 feet of any any space you go because they're in the middle of the room. I'm going to use a shot on the run to run toward a pillar. Um, I'm going to shoot an arrow before I get behind the pillar and then, you know, put a pillar between me and this thing. 25. Is it? 15 damage. Arrow, uh... Chinks it and does some damage, but not as much as you expect. This thing has some form of DR. It's turn. This thing just slams its body into you, Victor. 27. Uh, yeah, that hits. Not gonna be good for you. Uh-oh. We're gonna soon learn the way to win this battle is not to get hit by this thing. Imagine that. 38 points of damage. Make a 4-2 save. 24. Okay. As it slams into you, you see the ground around where it hits turns to crystal. And kind of comes around your feet, but don't turn your suit into crystal. But you get the feeling that it just tried, or not necessarily tried, but was gonna. You look around the room, knowing how many crystal statues there are. Okay. That's gonna make it this captain's turn. The captain, yep, Sinclair fires, uh, pulls out his pistol, and fires a couple shots. One shot hits. Troopers all fire. And again, like everything's just bouncing off. It seems to be like this is just not working very well, though it is slowly doing some things. Making it uh, now Victor's turn. Okay, I'm going to full round action this sucker uh, with power attack. It's going to be three attacks. First one's 35, Hit. 19, Hit. and 15. Hit. I'm sorry, 15's a miss. Before you roll your damage, make a DC 22 fortitude save. I made an eight. 18, sorry. Disappointing. As you're near it, you hear it's, it's like when you banged into it, 
it vibrating, creating this hum that almost is like attuned to uh, your resonant frequency. And you are stunned for a round. This is a sonic mind affecting effect if you happen to be immune to either of those things. So you're not actually attacking. Uh, did Tarko? He did not. You know why? Because I didn't roll for his initiative. <laughs> you know why? Because I forgot. Give him a turn to make up for the one he missed. He's gonna get out his thing. Uh, his 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 nuclear resonator vibrates this thing immensely, and it starts to crack in all sorts of places. Now, Landers' turn. Does this creature have anything in, um, resembling eyes? No. Dang, there goes that idea. It's literally just crystals fused together. I'm going to quickly point at a potion on my belt with my operating glove hand, and then point at Vic. Uh, I'm gonna peer behind from behind this pillar with my zero rifle instead of my bow. You said this thing's very very slow, right? Yeah, you've seen it move pretty slowly so far. All right, so my thought is that hopefully a gun does good things to its touch AC in a completely meta fashion. And like, I see Vic not moving, so I say to Tar, like, get Vic out of there. Uh, I'm going to take a full-round action with a zero rifle. Bird's going to grab one of the potions on my belt and fly it over to Vic. Uh, the shield one is the one I'm pointing at. And then I'm going to shoot at this thing with my zero rifle to touch AC. 13, 19, hit. 16. It's a hit. And 16. Uh, this is gonna be cold damage, so you as you fire uh, this gun at it, it does nothing, absolutely <sighs> nothing to it. That's so disappointing. <laughs> and with that, it is now Tar's turn. He's gonna move over there. That's gonna put him about ten feet away from Victor, so just a shift action away. Um, and then he's gonna use a standard to fire his weapon again. Tar is doing the most of anybody here. He is. You guys are doing nothing or literally nothing like last turn. And he is just, this thing vibrates just in chunks fly off of it. And it's going to slam uh, at a stunned Lanerus. Victor. Oh, 27 hit your AC. Yep, that hits. That would match if I wasn't stunned. But since I'm stunned, that really hit. All right, 46 points of damage. Victor. Yeah. You need to make another fortitude save. 14. As it slams into you again, your body begins to crystallize. You are now helpless. Oh. Making it... Commander's turn, who he realizes his gun's gonna do nothing and gives orders to his men, and the men fire. Again, doing little. All right, Victor's turn. Victor, you're, you're helpless. Sure. Which means you can pretty much do nothing, right? Pretty much. Landry, it's your turn. Oh, I have so little. I mean, is. Can Victor even open his helmet for Bird to tip the potion into his mouth? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say maybe you could figure it out if you were there, Landris. I don't think your robot can figure out how to work his belt injector. All right. How far, how far am I from the switch? What switch? The one that turns on the quantum thing. Oh, what a good question. Roll a d6. Six. You are right next to it. It's on the pillar that you're on. Sinclair, did any of your men get sucked up by that thing? I hear one of the soldiers say, uh, yeah, we lost Tosh. Um, <laughs> I say, no one look at the center of the room, and I f flip the switch. Being hurled out of the center of the thing is a guy in this white heavy-duty armor, which looks a lot like the guy that attacked you before. Uh, who, with the mannequins, and he's got a big old gun, and he gets up, and he looks pissed. Then could I uh, shoot the crystals holding him? He is the crystal. He's being turned into crystal. There's nothing holding him. Ooh, ooh. All right, then I'm just going to have to attack at this thing. I'm going to use my bow since the zero rifle proved uh, ineffective, to say the least. To say the least. Useless, to be accurate. Uh, 38 with a natural 20. Crystal folk. Oh, it's a hit. Does a 35 confirm? Yes. That hey. is going to be very meaningful. What okay. kind of damage is this thing? I'm going to try a blunt arrow. Uh, 25. Hit. And 17 to hit. 
hit. Okay, so the first one's a crit, and it's my many shot, so that's gonna be equivalent to... F it's a times three weapon, and I'm hitting with two arrows, so that's like hitting with six arrows. 43 damage. 43 is just the critical. Yes. And then there's another arrow that does... Stop! Okay. You've got, what, five more attacks, right? That you've already rolled. No, 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 no. 43 is that entire critical. That's that's just the one arrow did 43 damage. Right, so you have five further attacks. No, just one more that hit. They all hit. You gave me like nine attack rolls and they all hit. No, no, no. 30, the natural 20 for 38, 35 confirmed, 25 to hit, and 17 to hit. Yeah, those both hit. So it's, And you've got many shot, right? I, I have many shot, which hits twice, and a times three weapon. Okay, so your critical your, your critical arrow hit. Yeah. How many more arrows just hit? One, one, one more after the first one. That, that doesn't... I don't understand what you're asking. <laughs> we, what we have here is a failure to communicate. All right, Christian. My, my, my listen, arrow listen, normally listen does... Listen first. <laughs> you, fired, you fired an arrow. It was a critical hit, correct? Yes. All right. It is one arrow. Yes. All right. Then you rolled a bunch of other attacks. More than one other attack. So yes. More than one other arrow is about to also hit this thing, correct? One, one other. What? <laughs> I do see three. It can't. It, you rolled like four other attack rolls. It can't be one other arrow. I, I, sh I I'm very confused. I shot in a full round action. I didn't use rapid shot because I assumed this thing had high AC. So I only shot three arrows total. You shot three arrows. Yes. Critical hit. And the other two hit. No, only the second one hit for what were the twenty-five. Other two rolls? Twenty-five and then seventeen. Those both hit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not using many shots, so it's only three arrows total, right? No, I'm not using rapid shot. Whatever! <laughs> I'm leaving this in. It destroys the mood, but I'm leaving this in. So you have three total arrows, right? Yes, that I fired. All right. The critical hits. For 43 damage. For 43 damage! <laughs> Blunt damage, if it matters. It does. It's very okay. important. Because when this thing is critical by a blunt damage, it splits. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you just lead with that, Caleb? That you hit it? Because I wanted to keep track of how many attacks you had to benefit you. You hit this thing. It splits. Okay. You don't like it. It's a negative thing to happen. Oh. So you hit it. Uh, your arrow smashes it, and this crack, it starts cracking and just unstoppable cracks happen and split this thing into two pieces, almost identical pieces. They're uh, not two that are half as big as the last? They're two identical, not identical to it, by, to oh. the original, identical to each other. In <laughs> okay. other words, they have the same stats. I was All like, right? wow, I made things twice as worse. They look different, they have the same stats as each other. So okay. you might as well just play this game just saying you hit it but remove 10 damage from DR. Uh, no, it's immune to electricity. There's no more flavor in the rest of this game. It's all just just numbers and stats. <laughs> you let me know. Let me know when you're ready for me to finish my turn, kid. I'll, I will. It'll be a while. All right. Woo. Okay. All right. Woo. We've done it. You have two more attacks and two creatures. You can pick which ones you shoot. Well, they're identical, so whichever one's closer to Victor. They're I, they're equidistant. <laughs> <laughs> then whatever one's closer to me and Victor. The right. We're picking the right. Okay. Um, I'm killing this entire party today. <laughs> I'm just answering your I'm questions. I'm pretty close to, the, to being there, so hey. <laughs> to the best of my ability. So 25 and 17 hit. Yes. Okay, so 16 blunt damage and then 18 blunt damage. The way slashing damage would not have split. You destroy it. You shatter it into pieces. Well, that's one down. 
The rest of them fire upon the little guy. The rest of the soldiers? Yes, it's their turn now. Clack, 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 clack. No, it's Tar's turn. This, 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 this encounter is messed up from the start. <laughs> I forgot Tar. People are attacking with three arrows. Things are equidistant from each other. Woo! Tar kills it. His nuclear resonator shatters to pieces. I'm, I'm running up to Vic. Vic. Yes. What no one else can see, but you know, is that you in fact are fine, but it is the suit turning into crystal. That's what I was thinking. I was and about to ask that. And you can see that's happening to the outside, and you know that it's slowly encroaching, and that soon this suit is going to be crystal on the inside as well, touch your skin, which may have a negative effect on you, you're assuming. Mm-hmm. I, can I talk? Sure. You can do everything you normally could do, but your suit is immobile because it's turning into crystal. I, I gotta get out of this suit, Landris. We gotta get me out of this suit. I'm okay, but the suit is not, and I might not be very soon. Tar grabs the hammer and wrenches it out of your hand uh-huh. and then hits you in the chest, and you fall on your back. But your suit's, like, locked. And he keeps smashing it until he's, like, shattering and breaking the suit in pieces. And he's yelling at you, uh, Landris, pull him out! I'm gonna try and grab Vic and drag You're like him out. You're dodging hammer blows as you pull him out, <laughs> uh, but you get him out. Vic, 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 are you okay? Yeah, I start feeling myself. You're fine. Tar throws you back your hammer. I catch it, and I look all cool doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look over at the suit. Oh man, I really like that thing. All right, guys, we gotta go. Sinclair says, "Let's move." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you like, kind of go. You have to wade through this the shattered crystal. And Victor, you kick something, and you look down, and there's a mace. Sitting in this pile of crystal. Oh, I'm taking that mace. Is that, oh. It turns you into a crystal. It was a trap. Aha, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> Should never have trusted me. <laughs> I've been wanting a new weapon. Um, you know what? No, I'm not going to tell you what it does. You're going to have to use it and see what happens if you want to figure out what it does. Oh, I'll use it. Okay. I, I haven't issued Bird a new command yet, so he's just following Vic <laughs> with the extract with the shield on it. Fine. I take it. I take it. I grab it. And then it does a little swirl of happiness and comes back to line. You have the shield pictured extract. You guys are running down the hallway. Woof. Out of this room. As you run, you run down another hallway, and then you 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 pass like where the, the, the turn would be to the occult room, and you're like, maybe later, bye. And you go <laughs> down the hallway to get to the elevator shaft. The elevator's at the top, and you get there, and you Sinclair looks around and goes, um, it's gonna take too long to for the elevator. Everyone get out your repelling gear. And they all have like on their belts these long uh, things that kind of unwind, like those keys on a chain sort of thing. And they all hook to the edge of this elevator. There's like some gap between the wall and the edge of the elevator. He points at you, Victor. He goes, I'll take you. You guys, uh, you take him and you take him. And they- Who's going to carry Tar? I mean, yeah, you might need a few people. Oh, yeah. Get, it's it's, get it's, it's, it's a couple guys. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I let him take uh, me. You hear a uh, uh, through back where you came from. And you hear uh, gun firing. And then the gun firing is very suddenly silenced. And you guys enter, uh, begin to repel. And... You repel all the way down, you hear coming from above you, and you get to the bottom, and you see on the bottom, before the area that was all on fire, it's just a pile of just, it's just like bare, and the floor is just scorched. Whatever was uh, causing that fire has burn away. But you stop before you get to the floor on the that bottom floor you first came from, and then you hear coming from the top, and the elevator falls uh, behind you right after you get off into this pit and Tar, uh, Tar turns around and goes, I've been looking for a reason to use this. And he pulls out his freaking rocket launcher. 
and he fires it up into the ceiling and then fires another shot. This guy lets loose like six, a, sh a cluster shot of like six rockets. You just hear the sound of almost like a train going through a tunnel as this big mass of flesh falls through the center pillar and then just lands and fills up this, this elevator shaft and starts not actively moving, but like spilling out of this thing and you guys get going again. Mm -hmm. And as you go in, Charles looks at you goes like, that was pretty sweet, right? Did it do, do you have anything? any left? Uh, no. Well, hope <laughs> we don't need any more. Uh, you guys run. Sinclair uh, holds his helmet again, and he says, uh, Charlie team, is the greenhouse cleared yet? And you hear back. Finishing it now, sir. We're in route. Be quick about it. Affirmative. Uh, you guys run through some hallways until you get to the greenhouse area, and you see there's this guy with a plasma thrower just throwing hot flame, almost liquid flame into the the greenhouse room. And he stops and he gets onto one side of the door and there's another guy on the other side of the door. They both nod to each other, pull out a grenade, twist the top of it, activate it, toss it into the room, kind of shield themselves. And you hear a, an icy burst as the grenades freeze the room and uh, they wave you through. And you guys get through and there's like frozen flame and everything that's on fire is all frozen. And a lot of the room has been cleared out from both the flame and then now it's rendered not a threat at the moment because it's frozen. And you guys run through uh, this room that gave you so much trouble before. Then you hear from, coming from Sinclair's helmet. Alpha team, be advised, maternity ward is not secure. Repeat, the maternity ward has been compromised. Bogey starts showing up all over the place. And Sinclair responds. Roger that, Delta team. We're almost there. Take out as much as you can to clear her out to the exit. When we arrive, fall behind us. We got something following us. You're not going to want to stick around. Copy that, Alpha team. You guys run through the hallways until you eventually get to this this maternity ward. And there's just everything has come to life. It, much like when you first got the suit in there and the suit was attacking you, things in the room that should not be moving and should not be alive are alive. And... You guys run through there, and these soldiers are follow, They're quickly filing in behind you as you go through, not even trying to wrestle control of that room. Once you're out, they're, they're leaving it to uh, the creature following you, which is exactly what happens. That creature is moving again, and it's, it's, it's almost like a water. If water was just released in a hallway and how it would like hit the wall and curve and turn down and follow you, this is happening with this flesh. And as you're going through, it, the stink of this thing kind of smells like you would imagine... Uh, low tide to smell if you've ever been around the shore and if you haven't been it smells like just terrible fish I don't know if, if, if you if you don't like fish it's like that but worse and you as you run through you eventually get to near the area where you first entered into this facility that the the submersible brought you into and as you get there uh, there's holes in the wall and in these holes are these these structures these small vessels attached into the wall almost like they drilled in and the soldiers start following in all these. Nobody's going into the original submersible, and they 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 gesture you to one. Do you follow Sinclair into one? Yes. I, he's been keeping us safe so far. He's coming in with us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he wants to get out of there as badly as we do. <laughs> you get in, you file in, and all these like doors close up, and you detach from the building. And there's these long cables connected to something up above that retract your submersibles and you go up and then you can see this thing spill through these new openings this this flesh spill through these openings that you've created and you start retracting very quickly to, to the surface sinclair gets on his radio bravo team you still there affirmative blow it blow it and then you just see what underwater explosions which which ends up being just bubbles just flying out of newly new newly carved windows and walls and holes and openings and doors 
uh, of this structure as the structure ignites into a thousand small explosions. And these all seem to be strategically placed because the thing caves in on itself, rests free from this area it was leaning on, and sinks even further, hitting the bottom of the ocean. And you guys go up to where you can see it no more. The darkness of the ocean obscures it from your vision. Man, that groundskeeper's got a lot of work ahead of him. Ah, uh, good riddance. Yeah, I'm glad we're not crazy anymore, but that place sucked. Is Tar with us? Uh, no, he got into a different one. Okay. There wasn't enough room. I turn to Sinclair and I, like, offer my hand. Say, thank you. He shakes her hand. So, uh, you got, um, Tosh with you and he puts the gun over his shoulder. And, uh, Sinclair goes, um, Cabot's gonna want to talk to you. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, hang on. I'm gonna reach for my communicator. Um, anyone there? Tally? Anyone? Your folks are on our ship. They're not going to be talking to you. <sighs> All right. When we arrived, we boarded your vessel. And you kind of notice, you look around, you're in a very much us and them situation. You two are on one side of the vessel, and the rest of them are on the other side of the vessel. There's no intermingling here. And there's a few minutes of awkward silence as you get up until you finally reach the surface as the vessel bobs in the ocean. You get retracted out of the water, and... You feel it lo- the whole thing lock in, and it sits very steady. You're no longer floating. Door opens, the same door that you exit, except this time, instead of uh, showing you a giant flesh creature trying to murder you in the, on the bottom of the ocean in an underwater structure, you're now in some sort of boat, and you're seeing these sort of soldiers uh, and sailors all around this place. They they escort you out of the this, some, this, this little miniature vessel and down some hallways, up some stairs, get into the helm. And there is, this is not what, like you normally see a boat. This is way more electronic than the boats that you've been on before. And you see in that room is your is Tally and the captain and Kentaro and Shiva. The, everyone's there. But they are against a wall. And they are, uh, guns aren't pointing at them, but there's men standing in front of them. Is Tar with us? Yeah, he follows up behind you shortly. And there's this guy standing in front of you. And his outfit, while it still has that kind of sort of polymer composite armor, it's got red markings on it. He's got like a little shoulder cape. And his helmet is just distinctly different than the rest of everybody else's. And he goes over to you and he walks over and he says to his his, his Commander Sinclair, he goes, uh, Commander Sinclair, thank you very much. You men did a fine job. And he shakes his hand. They, I'm going to say when they entered the room, they all did like a salute. And I feel like it's one of those things where I don't want to have to come up with a whole world's version of salute. So I just steal it from America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. yes. It's like, why are you? Th- that's weird. In our world, we do the same thing. Shut up. All right. You just do it. He uh, he talk. He addresses you guys. He goes, what were you doing in that structure? These are restricted waters. I look over at all the people he has captive, quote unquote, and say, well, how much do you already know? Forget what we know from them. You tell me what you were doing in that structure. Well, as you've seen, as your men saw, it was a laboratory of sorts. A weapon was developed there that was used on us, and the cure for that weapon was still in there. How'd you find out about this facility? Uh, is Hope and Baron there? Yes. A lot of very powerful men have gone through a lot of trouble to keep this area clear of all vessels and ships and very secret. The man that had the weapon gave us the information. We captured him, and he knew where the weapon was from. He hits a couple buttons and his helmet kind of opens up in the bottom so he can take it off. And he looks at you and he says, I just lost a lot of men today getting you guys out of there. My orders were to extract you, learn the nature of your visit to this location, and to assess any damages you have created. The entire facility is lost. 
We have your boat sequestered. For now, we will be holding you on our vessel and taking you to shore. At what time, the Kadesh police force, and they'll take you from there. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What do you know about that place we just came from? You're in no position to learn more information about that place from me. You guys are lucky our orders were to extract you alive. While I'm not a man who enjoys killing, I do know that if we had just shot you on sight, I would have got my men out of there alive. Instead, I lost men, and you guys got out alive. Not all of us. He looks He looks over at um, at Sinclair, and Sinclair goes towards the end there. As soon as we encounter them, they uh, well, they lost one of their own. All right, you say you're not cool with, you know, just killing people on sight. How do you feel about human experiments? He raises an eyebrow. Because that, that's the sort of thing that was going on down there. Did you know that? Let me tell you something, son. And he walks over to you. I'm a soldier. I get orders, and I follow them out. And I do not get the privilege of always knowing why. I don't get to ask, who is this guy I'm saving? Who is it worth me to send all my men into a very dangerous building under the water where it's extremely difficult to extract them in case anything went wrong? Who are they that they're so important that I need to extract them alive? I don't get those answers. I don't even get the answers of what's inside the building I'm sending my men into except to hear that the area is dangerous. That is all the information I get. And I don't get to ask why because I'm a soldier and I'm a good soldier. I'm a darn good soldier. I follow my orders when I get them and I don't question. And that's why I'm the captain and you are under arrest. A soldier that would have lost a lot less men if you were told what was in there. But you were kept in the dark. And you're okay with that? As soon as the chain of command is broken, all hell breaks loose. They get to make the decisions. My higher-ups make the decisions whether or not something's worth knowing. If I'm one of the people who need to know on the need-to-know basis. They made the decision whether or not I should know and whether or not it would be better for me and my men to know. I have to trust their decision. I know that. It's a thing called discipline. You would be well served to learn it. Take these men to the brig. The men you lost might not even be dead. They're probably suffering to the second. If I was easily antagonized by punks like you, I wouldn't have made it this far. Take them away. And the the men uh, shove at you with their guns and take you to the brig. Unless you try to resist. I mean, I'm yelling over their shoulders as they push me. Sure. You guys get stripped of your equipment, unless you fight back at all, and are put into a brig. I would like to try and keep... I do keep uh, my batons hidden on me with sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Um, In my super secret wrist sheath. And, you know, assuming... If, if it's safe to assume at the beginning of the day I take a 20 to hide that on me. Um, That would be 37. Man, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would frisky wouldn't find it, but that's pretty high. What'd you say it was? Um, 37 if I take a 20. I can't, yeah, I, I can't take that away from you. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Um, that's just my baton. Um, I do want to ask them if I could take one of my, um, hemochims because I just, if I could heal myself before they take my stuff away. They deny. All right. They throw you all in prison. <laughs> I, 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 I try to shake, take a drink of my hip, the rest of my hip flask before they take it away. <laughs> yeah, go, go, and they take it away as you're like, your mouth is following it. <laughs> Roll me a, a d6. Two. You're putting there with hope. <sighs> At least it's not barren. Both of us? Yep. Cool. And it's just the three of us. Just the three of you in this one. It's uh, a very empty metal room, and the door is a metal door with a very small, like almost you could just look through uh, plate glass towards the eye level. Hope slides down the wall and sits down on the floor. You guys okay? <sighs> no. Not at all. I mean, we're not crazy anymore. But... <sighs> so you found what you were looking for? It found us. What happened down there? We lost Koba. <sighs> what happened? I'd really rather not talk about it. Just know that it was... It was bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Do I know of, like, a Navy, Caleb? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, where in the hierarchy of, like, no. armed forces this ship Absolutely lies not. in. Absolutely never heard of a Navy. What? I... 
Why would they patrol the waters with soldiers? Do you know I've never who heard these of men this. are? Not at all. Well, so far they're most. This whole time I've been here, they're the most militarized thing I've seen. These guys, these guys would do fine in, in my world. Military chain of command. What are they just? Are they towing our ship? Yeah. Hey, you. You have magic. Can you get us out of here? Uh, I could. But you're not going to? No, I'm not going to break the three of us out of this one room to face an army of men with guns. No. We have to do something. Let me tell you something I learned. Patience is indeed a virtue. Just wait for the opportune moment. Do they have the canister? Tally hid it away. She gave it to Booker, who's hiding in the ship. Oh, they didn't find Booker? No. Sorry if I don't put all my hope into him finding a way to break us out. You hear some movement happening outside your room. Gonna try and look through the glass. You see one of the doors opening up, guns pointed in the door, and they pull um, Baron out, and they walk Baron up the stairs and out of sight. Wonder where they're gonna take him. I'm pretty good at being interrogated, so... Oh yeah, he's not telling them anything. But, I mean, shouldn't they know who he is? Why would they know who he is? He kind of worked... uh, He's been to that place before, so he must work for somebody. J.G. Locke. Yeah, I know, but I mean, so these guys could work for, for Locke, you know? We'll see. Maybe they're getting him in contact with his old employer. See what he does with that. So, all right, so even if you... What, what else can you do, Hope? What else can I do? Yeah, other than... I mean, I, what, you break down the door? Like, what are we working with here? All of that. What, are we supposed to just sit around? Yeah. What the... How are they okay with this? They saw what we saw, and they're just okay with the higher-ups keeping that from them. Sending them into it to die. Well, let me tell you something, Landris. I get it. I've been a soldier half my life. You don't get all the answers. You get told, be here this day and take that hill. And you don't always get to see the grand scheme of how that hill factors into the war. There's no war here. You don't have the time to explain to every soldier the grand design and then to let them maybe tell the enemy. It's privileged information some people know. And what helps you win a war is when you just say yes, sir. We're not at war. There's no war. We're one island. We're just, we're the citizens. You don't need to have a war to be a soldier. You had your lives and the lives of everyone you knew to defend. Then it makes sense. This? What are they dying for? There's nothing. I don't understand. Why are all these secrets, you know? We're supposed to be working together, making this place the best it can be to work, to live, you know? And She laughs. (laughs) Who told you that? The people in charge? Yeah. Ain't nobody that ever got power that ever didn't abuse it. It, was, it wasn't a matter of if, it was always a matter of when. Huh. They gave it a nice name. Project Unity. Much less sinister than Project Black. Dark. Whatever. Oh. What's Project Unity? It's what the crystal was a part of. Apparently the psychosis is a side effect. It does something else. Something powerful. Hmm. What are they going to do with it? Or what were they going to do with it? Unity, and I use air quotes. I don't know, he said he wanted to deliver it to the whole city, whatever it was. Hey Jacob, you want to play some D&D tonight? I can't. Uh, I have to go make love to my wife tonight. Oh, well, um, uh, next time I'll, uh... You know, I don't even know if I love her anymore. I don't really know her. Like, what am I gonna do? Someone should tell Jacob that people change, and it takes effort to stay connected with someone. But in the meantime, the fellows at Tales from the Lich always stay connected through gaming and friendship. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com Hey, uh, happy Valentine's Day. You hear a very quick... And all the doors open up. 
walking down the stairs is Sinclair. And he goes, Fair one, if you would please join me. He's got soldiers on either side of him. Okay. And these two are, these are the big guys. The guys with the white armor. Mm-hmm. Is one of them Tosh? Could be. You don't know. All I can see is their mouth. Mm, save Tosh's life. You better appreciate it. <laughs> Unless you memorize Tosh's lips. I don't know. How succulent are they? They're very pillowy. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you follow them and you go to uh, what appears to be like the navigation room. They, uh, they just let us walk, all walk together? Yep. I mean, I'm going to try and get near to Kentaro. You get to him. And I'm just going to like lightly brush against his hand. Glad you're safe. I kept my promise. You guys get to this this room and there's chairs and they just refer uh, and standing there is the uh, captain. He's got his helmet on the table. And he gestures to uh, the chairs for everybody to sit down. And Baron is already sitting down. Is he sitting down like near the captain or is he in like captive across the way position? No, he's sitting down at the table just as anybody else. Probably close to the captain. Not next to him, but close. Okay. Uh, so I'll sit down. Mm-hmm. I sit by Hope. I sit by Kentaro. The captain speaks up. My name is Group Captain Elson of the Destroyer Capella. I have been given a mission to secure this these waters from all intrusions. We do a patrol. When we came across your ship, we commandeered it, commandeered its crew, and we even risked our lives and lost our men to extract you from a place that you shouldn't have been. Let's not be ignorant. Let's not be deceitful. We all know that you knew you shouldn't have been there. Whatever reasons you had to get to an area that was obviously marked dangerous and condemned and and quarantine are relevant to me. But they are relevant to the men in command. My orders are to deliver you to the Kadesh police, and from there, you are their problem. However, I've been notified of some special circumstances by your associate here, and he gestures over to Baron. I've been made to understand that you guys will not be a problem, and that we do not have to keep you as prisoners. You'll be more akin to guests. At this time, I am prepared to answer some questions. What do you destroy? Destroyer Capella is mounted with state-of-the-art experimental ballistic weaponry to engage any threat on these waters. L- like what? Any threat. Has that happened before? Next question. You're still going to give us over to the police? Those are my orders. Do you have any compelling reasons why I shouldn't? Other than government conspiracies? No. We've just been in the wrong place at the wrong time so many times. What do you know about our associate? And I gesture over to Baron. I've been made to understand that he, uh... Is not a nobody that works for somebody. I understand that all of you are private citizens. Is that correct? Yes. See, she, Hope doesn't do it to like get noticed. Just kind of herself goes, well, I mean, I, not really. <laughs> I'm under, I am to be understand he is not a private citizen. Hope speaks up. Captain, my name is Hope Mengsk. I, like you, am a soldier. Well, was a soldier. Really? What was your rank? What is your rank? We didn't really have the same ranks as you. It's I'd be something akin to your your lieutenant or your or your commander. In what army? It it's complicated. But what I can say is that I understand that you're following orders and that things are complicated and the best way to uncomplicate something is to hand it off and make it somebody else's problem. But from one soldier to another, I have to inform you that you are becoming party to to crimes. And he kind of folds his arms and goes, Go on. There is complications here that stick to what seems to be the highest members of your government here your she kind of waves her hand and say like what is it called sanhedrin your sanhedrin all i ask is that you before you deliver us to the police that you you hear us out and he kind of kind of nods a very small nod and goes i'm a reasonable man i also believe that there's no harm come from talking and that's even why i have the setup here i'll give you a chance to make your case and without judgments i will listen and he sits down surely you've heard the stories of what was going on down in that tower. 
You've heard the horrors, and I'm sure a lot of your men didn't come out of it all right in the head. He kind of looks at Sinclair, who looks back at him. Oh, wait. Now these guys... Sinclair also has his helmet off now. You see their faces. These are these are older gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Are they elves? Yes, both elves. Matter of fact, you've, you've yet to see anyone who's not an elf or a half-elf on the ship. There was experimentations on women to make them pregnant that made monsters. There were human experiments turning them into their flesh into metal. There's just bones in the wood. You saw the plants. You, they, they can tell you more than I can. That was the research... They were doing down there to release things like that in the city, or at least that's what I think's happening. I'm not 100% sure. It's all spearheaded by Solzhen Nitsen. Do any of them, like, seem to be like, oh, that guy? Like a sense motive. Ah, uh, 14. You can't tell. You get no read one way or the other. He has been meeting in secret with some members of the Sanhedrin, some other people. I have recordings of this, um, spearheading projects like this, spearheading projects like, and I point to Shiva, of Mu. Bodily mutilation, Project Dark, answering to someone called the Chairman. <laughs> it, just the way you said Chairman makes it sound like it's the Chairman. He's made of chairs. <laughs> he is the mortal em- nemesis of anyone who wants to stay standing. <laughs> Time Second for a lieutenant, s- the Stool Man. Time for a stool sample. <laughs> All grass. Go on. One of the machines we just destroyed was down in that tower. Was going to be remodified. To make the effects of the weapon that affected me and Vic across the whole city. And again, I have recordings to prove all this. You can hear from Soldier Nitsen's lips himself. Where are these recordings? You confiscated a drone from me. Okay. If this is true, which I do admit my men have backed up, that there was horrors and dangers down there. It only reinstates my standing orders to keep everyone away from that facility. But why not destroy it? Why keep it at all? Why not kill you? Why keep you? These are men of integrity. You don't reach the positions of the command, of positions of authority without integrity. Hope, ver- like, audibly snickers, and then kind of, like, notices that she did it. It's kind of like, integrity. <laughs> sure. What do you know about what he's done? And I point to Baron. His, his position, not his past actions, that has made this conversation possible. Yeah, well, his past action, actions was being hired by J.G. Locke to murder private citizens in cold blood. This is some pretty wild allegations, son. Oh, I, well, we have video of that, too. So what are you proposing? That we let you go? That we hunt down some sort of conspiracy? You gotta admit you're at least a little bit curious, right? It's true. And I will indeed look at this evidence that you claim to have. But we are not internal affairs. We are not investigators. We are sailors and soldiers. It's not our job to go rooting out corruption in politics. Whose job is it? They didn't assign anyone to that job, now did they? The police have internal affairs whose entire purpose is to weed out corruption. Your job is to protect the people, isn't it? To defend them? My job is to protect these waters. But to in turn protect the people on the other side of the waters, right? We're not, you know, the water isn't a valuable resource to us. Well, sometimes there are things in the waters that the people need protecting from, and that's what I did. And that's what I do. And I do whatever my bosses tell me to do. We are not so narrow as to keep it to a a, a line item in a document. But your bosses were using something in that water that was really dangerous. You you make some pretty broad gestures, my friend, to say that my bosses had anything to do with this. That they're involved with this Solzhenitsyn, or one member of the Sanhedrin, which has dozens. To say this is the work of my bosses, who you do not even know their names, is a jump, to say the least. I will look at your evidence, and after reviewing it, I will make a further decision. At that time, if I deem it worth acting on. I feel that this is the fairest action I can provide for you. What I should do is put you back in those cells, ignore your words. But 
if we can compel by the code of conduct of a soldier to look into this. Thank you. Hope when you look back on this decision, you will find it fair. He gestures. We'll have rooms prepared for you. I hope you understand that you will be confined to those rooms. Okay. Uh, the boat kind of crests a wave, which is a generic useless statement, except in a world full of an ocean that doesn't have waves. Then it is quite the statement, especially when a huge boat like this feels a crest. Uh. And the captain looks around and he goes over and he hits some buttons on uh, a display and it shows more waves coming. He looks back at it, he hits a button and he says, uh, what's happening out there? He speaks through a uh, communicator. They go, uh, sir, I'm not sure, but I think you're going to want to take a look at this. And he hits more. Uh, he All the monitors in the room are filled with cameras pointing outside. And you see this fleshless thing that was chasing you coming out of the water. And its size is as big as the structure was itself. And it's pouring out of the water. And the whole, the whole boat shakes. And you hear some alarms go off. And the captain looks at you guys and goes, You guys know how to fight? I think your men can contest to that. Uh, he gestures to you guys and gets, get them back their equipment. He goes, get out on the deck as quickly as possible. And he gets two men to go and get you your stuff. And as you're going and you're running through these these hallways to go get your stuff and collect your stuff, you get to like this like almost armory and they unlock it. And there's men going through this armory and they're getting handed guns out of the armory and they're putting on armor and helmets and stuff. And the place shakes again and you can hear just cacophonous explosions from above. Uh, from above you at all. Just go, 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 Sounds you've, you've never heard before. Uh, though you've heard loud noises before. It's not like, oh, I'm so scared. I've never heard an explosion before. But these are you. You get your stuff and you head up to the deck. Yes? I don't, I don't want to say what you do. Maybe you do something else. I'm going to take one of the Hemakim uh, 4 while I'm heading that way. Okay. Yeah, we haven't healed it all or anything, right? This is still like, you know, maybe Correct. a few hours later. This might be a fantastic time to heal the full. Well, I'm out of equipment that does that. Don't you have a sash of fruit? Hey, that item. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at that. Let me take a look. Um, well, I have it now. You want me to use it, and then you take it all away from me, Caleb. And give it back not ten minutes later. And now I can use it. Look at that. Uh, I am going to equip the temporal accelerator. Okay, head on up. And as you get to deck, you are confronted with... Something that dwarfs you and even dwarfs the ship. It is so colossal that it is just hope fleets away from you. It's just sucked away from you as you see this thing that how could you possibly do anything to this thing? And you just see a hot metal flying in this thing from all directions around you in this boat. As you get up there, this thing uh, is uh, a, a, a bellows out a roar, and again, it's a, a roar that cannot be made with vocal cords. And this vibrates the water, and these waves are actually ripples coming out as it emerges from the water. And it's just being lit up, but it's taking a little effect, and the thing begins to come at this boat. And men all over uh, are manning weapons, and they're firing weapons at this thing. Tar's jaw is like on the floor going, holy crap. That thing was smaller last time, right? I think it ate the tower. You get pushed aside by Baron as he walks past you and hope behind him. This thing slams onto the boat and the boat rocks heavy. And when it retracts, it leaves behind these, these little pieces of it that are almost about the same size as when you first saw it coming out of the book. 
these things are starting like moving out of their own accord. And there's on the deck of the ship now? Yes. How many? A lot. Oh. And the sailors begin to fire and try to take these things down. Uh, and Baron gets out his his flail, right? And you get this is the you haven't seen him actually in action since you, you first captured him. Uh, but he seems to fit back into it uh, just fine. As you kind of get ready to fight, Baron uh, begins to attack. He lights himself on fire, literally becomes fire. You no longer see him. He's not reefed in flame. He has become flame. It looks much like those those things that were just made of fire on the train. He and Hope begin this, this almost sort of dance as she is firing out electricity from the palms of her hands. And these almost ethereal, magical crystal shards that fly out from her hand and smash and explode on these things. And occasionally she would throw a spell almost. It looks like she's tossing these spells over to Baron Samedi and he would he would either become quicker or even larger or in other ways just it would even be augmented. And he would summon these hounds of hell that you fought before and are now are being turned on these flesh things. And you kind of stand there almost without a thing to do as, as Hope and he clean up these little guys. Uh, but the giant thing is still there and it again slams into the boat and the boat partially submerges and comes back out and begins to slowly wrap parts of itself around the ship. And at least behind more of these things, Hope shouts out something to Baron and says, don't you got anything to take care of that thing? And points to the, the huge monster. Baron walks over to the edge of the boat and he turns his hand, stretches his arms out, turns his palms upward. And he slowly begins to dull in flame. I don't know how to better describe it as when a fire just starts going out and you can begin to see him becoming more and more the person he was. And you hear above you the the sound of distant thunder. And you look up and clouds begin to form and it begins to drip, drip, drip. And then it starts raining, which doesn't make you much more wet than the spray that you've been being hit by uh, and all this tossing and turning. It begins to rain and, and the water begins to churn over the side of the boat where he is pointing, where he is he's facing. And it churns and there's this small maelstrom and then the water begins to gather itself up at the center of this maelstrom. There's so much of this water froths up, it rivals the size of this giant creature. It's not quite the colossal size of this thing, but it is very large. And this thing of, of, of roiling water smashes into this, this the, the giant flesh creature. And this this is the moment where you're, you're happy, even though you have, of course, defeated Baron before, you're happy that uh, he never sucked this thing at you, that you never had to fight him in water, because this thing is is so huge, it dwarfs your boat in a way that I cannot describe. I'm like nodding, like, yeah, we kicked his butt once. <laughs> Which, that means technically, since he beats that thing, we beat him, we can beat that thing. It's that rock, paper, scissors, exactly. but we, we always win. Landers beats water. Um, <laughs> and this thing begins to tango with the creature. But while he's doing that, and Hope begins uh, hurling electricity and acid, she probably switches to acid when she hits this flesh thing. They're no longer hitting the small pieces of flesh that broke off the boat. And you hear the order come out, repel borders! You are going to have to make yourselves initiative checks. 20. 25. The It looks like the troops are taking care of a bunch of them. There's three in your immediate vicinity. Lanris first. Okay. Um, is there anything nearby for me to climb on top of, like, a second level of the deck? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to climb up on top of, you know, one of these nearby upper levels, and then I'm going to shoot down at the flesh things. Okay. Um, Bird is going to 
Uh, so first, I'm gonna stay on me and take a prepared action to increase my AC. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna shoot at one of them. Um, any particular positioning? Like, are they particularly close to anyone? Or are they relatively in the same area? They're spread out equidistant away from uh, uh, Victor. 24. Hit. Uh, 14 damage. These are large creatures, by the way. Okay. You see the idea of, of the mass that you're fighting against here. Victor. By the way, now you can hear, like, orders and stuff being shouted. You see the guys in the white armor, the heavy-duty army, and the, the large weapons? They're the ones giving the orders. They seem to be higher on the totem pole. Since, uh, what happened to me last time, I'm not gonna just swing at it first. I'm gonna sh- shoot one and see what happens. And then, uh, and then go in for it. So, I'm gonna shoot uh, the one closest to me. 20. Hit. Uh, 28. Which, uh, I'm gonna do all three shots. And then, uh, 18. All hit. Uh, 9, 16, and 14. You kill it. Yeah, your just electricity goes this thing and it burns and singes it and it kind of... When it dies, it stops with um, writhing and kind of almost melts like a pool of water, leaving just like black goo left over. At this point, uh, there's two others though that are going to slosh their way over to you. 20 and 23. The second one hits. 5 damage. 19 to your CMD. D is 30. It tries to wrap these squirming tentacles around you, but is unable to get it. Uh, and when you make DC 17, 14 save. <laughs> 13. Uh, as it as it cuts your flesh, your flesh where it took the damage begins uh, almost boiling. You can see it. it. It looks like boiling, but it's actually just growing tumors very quickly. And it grows under your, say, we'll say your arm and your side. You get two con damage and one charisma damage. That was both attacks, so it's going to go back up to Lamers' turn. There's a bunch of other ones that are being tackled by the sailors. Are other teammates with us, like Tally, Kataro, Tar? Yes, they're out there all fighting. Okay, well, I'm keeping my eye on Kintaro, because that one just died. Now that I just got back. Um, Kintaro's back-to-back with Tar as they're firing their weapons. Since I'm standing up here, I'm going to point and have Bird fly over to Victor and instead try and defend him. Okay. And then I'm going to just shoot at the one that just attacked him. Okay. And I yell, you can drink that thing. Uh, 35, 32, 22, 19. So 37 with the first arrow, 19. Okay. Third arrow does 17. Kills it. And then I'll switch my aim to the last one for the last, the second one for the last arrow, and do 16 damage to it. Okay. Victor's turn. I'm, uh, is one up on me? Yes. I'm going to take a five foot step away. Okay. I'm going to drink that potion, or whatever it is. A chitinous carapace covers your body, attached by a collection of fibrous nerves. You get a plus four enhancement bonus to your natural armor bonus. However, the inflexibility of the plates or the stiffness of them impose a minus four armor check penalty, which stacks with any other armor check penalties. Yes, I just see Vic grow this <laughs> chitin carapace. You do. It's gross. It's horrifying. Now that that's over with, you now have an armor bonus. It's your turn still. I'm just going to shoot it because I know that works right now. A 23. Maybe 13 points of damage. At least they said it's temporary. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot at um, the thing on Vic. Is there anything trying to attack Baron or? Ho- uh, it looks like the soldiers are taking care of everything else. I'm just gonna, you know, shoot arrows at this thing that still exists near my friend. Stop existing near my friend. 26, 32, <laughs> 17, 23. Uh, 36 damage. You kill it. As you take care of this, the water elemental gets a smash into this thing, and it slams into your boat. The the monster does. And as it gets in your boat, it spills all around it into or into different uh, orifices of the boat. Orifices of the boat's not a good word. 
into different openings of the boat through cracks and seams and begins uh, coiling itself around the boat. And you kind of start going down into the water towards the front. And more alarms, different alarms sound off. And you hear, uh, everyone inside, we're diving, dive, dive, dive. This thing could dive? Everyone gets off of the mounted guns, Hope, uh, and the, all your whole team all run inside. I think you do as well. Yeah. You get in, and a, a big metal door closes that's got like, this little porthole that you can see. And you see the whole thing begins to go into water. You can see the water level rise on all these portholes. And you're under. And the whole thing is shaking. Alarms going off all around this control room. Uh, indicator lights everywhere. And people are just yelling status reports to the captain. We lost contact with the torpedo room. We got breaches in sector six and nine. Captain looks and goes, Beauregard, Stanfield, take a detachment and clear out sector six. You three, go with Jensen and handle nine. You two, and he points to you, uh, Victor and Landers. Go down there and get those torpedoes firing again. When you get control of the fire mechanism, send them right down its gullet. And get that son of a gun off my ship. I, I, I do a kind of sarcastic salute. As we're, <laughs> as we're running down to wherever we're going, I'm going to take, I do have a vibe. I'm going to take a vibe and uh, heal that constitution damage. Okay. Which will heal four points, so it heals it all. Are you okay, Vic, in there? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess so. I'm tired of all this junk happening to me. Maybe we'll get back to shore one day. You you hear the sound of bending metal. I guess being prisoner doesn't sound so bad anymore. You run down hallways that are lit up by the red lights of the uh, alarms, the many alarms going off on this boat, and you keep following the signs that say torpedo room, very easily and clearly labeled, until you get there, you open it up, and you see there is two of these piles of flesh, but one of them just finishes uh, slurping up one of the bodies, and it grows, and it doubles in size. You roll initiative. <laughs> 10. 23. There's water on the floor, and you can see what looks like uh, a metal plate that was put up against the wall, and some water is coming through. Barely, though, just like little sharp streams of water. And next to it is some sort of device, which you can you can assume was used to weld that plate onto the wall. So now this thing is is, is literally giant. It's taking up half the cabin, reminding you a lot of when you first ran away from the creature of which it's birthed from. Take it from maybe is the better term. However, Landers, you're gonna go first. Okay, um, I'm gonna take a knee and fire as many arrows into it as I can. The big guy or the little guy? Oh, there's two? There's a little guy, and then there's a big guy that just, there's a big guy that ate one and got bigger. I'm gonna fire at the big one. Okay. I'm, and I'm gonna use my bow and slashing arrows again. Okay. 20. Okay. 36. Okay. Does a 27 confirm? Yes. Oh! Uh, another natural 20 for 31. Oh, yeah. Uh, does a 13 confirm? It does. Oh, wow. You're on a roll! Okay. Uh, 24. Hit. 24 damage. Okay. 46 damage. Kill it. Why do I even try? <laughs> you can shoot the other arrows at the other guy. At the little guy for 47 damage. Kill it. I got two for that. I am. Literally in has the 47 zone. points of health. <laughs> you, you fire, 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 and you, you just, you just see Victor. You just like turn, and you're like, you just had to stand in awe as he just lets loose all these arrows and cuts these things to ribbon as they melt. As it melts, it really, it, it kind of opens the way to these. Uh, to all these things and you can see a torpedo is half loaded but it's half unloaded i go to load it engineering check sure thing <laughs> i look over at the not fully welded um patch of metal on the wall mm -hmm. um do i think i could use that whatever the tools on the ground to weld it 23 yes because you look at the tool and it's something you've used before it's a it's a laser torch yeah 
I thought laser torches cut through stuff. Well, it's a modified laser torch. Don't okay. question me. <laughs> While he's loading the torpedo, I'm going to try and seal up the water. All right, you finish sealing the water, and you, sir, finish reloading this thing. And once you hit it, you see it, it's loaded, and the automatic loading mechanism works again. You can see on a camera, like, targeting and all that stuff. And you see, like, point-blank range. The thing goes through into its flesh and explodes. And it loads another one that fires. Loads another one. And you got it going again. Sweet. You hear uh, over the intercom system. I did it. It, it loosen, it's loosening up. All crew, prepare to surface and start giving it back. Torpedo crew, come back up. I'm sending sailors to relieve you. Oh, that's yeah. us. We're, yeah, we're crew. crew. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys head back up and some soldiers uh, run past you. And you can feel the, the ship bob up as it, it as it cusps the surface. And you get to the command room. The doors open again and there's soldiers just filing out of there. And after a little bit, Captain turns to, the, to Sinclair and says, Commander, we've surfaced. Why aren't those guns firing? Captain, we can't get a crew out there long enough. It's killing us as fast as we can man those guns. And then you hear more uh, status reports coming from the rest of the crew. Sir, we got leaks in four bulkheads, and the fifth is about to go down. You're the captain. Feck. If we don't start hitting this guy back, we're going to be crushed in a few minutes. You, magician, can't you make another of those huge monsters to fight it? He's like pointing at Baron, and Hope goes, No, but I can. And uh, she says uh, to Tar, Who has that book? And Tar points at you guys, and Hope comes over to you. That book, that book that uh, Tar told me about you had some sort of dream book. She, she grabs the book, and she kind of goes open and stops. And she looks around the room and says, if this thing works, this is going to suck. And she opens it up and she just closes her eyes. You hear. And a massive mechanical creature lands on the hull of the ship, rocking the ship as it lands. This thing creates a cacophony of sound, louder than the rain, louder than the sound of weapons firing, louder than anything in this battle so far. This sound shakes you, it is so loud, it it hurts your ears. And this giant mechanical clockwork dragon moves its whole head almost as a snake as the rest of its body follows and lets out a giant roar at this mass of flesh. And it takes you not, a, not two seconds to realize it's not roaring at the flesh, but instead it projectiles out this liquid black tar that after about four feet come out, a spark of fire ignites it. And the stream of tar that's set aflame covers this flesh and burns it, singeing it, burning it horribly. And the thing takes its mechanical clockwork claw, swipes in front of its face to stop the stream of fire and it stops shooting out the liquid and it takes flight and starts taking passes at this giant flesh creature distracting this flesh and giving everyone enough time to go back out there and start manning the guns there's a there's a time that comes where you become desensitized because you've seen so much of one thing there's a time when oh what victor's flesh turned to a chitinous armor that's i've just saw like nine different weird flesh creatures i'm starting to get used to it this is the first time you've seen this. It almost kind of brings back some memories of that crystalline death machine that attacked you. But you've really never seen something like this. Didn't I in the vision? Yes, that's true. You are the only one that's seen anything like this. So you absolutely, yeah, I guess you recognize this as one of, you saw like a bunch of these in that vision. Really? Yeah. And so you're seeing this thing just go to town on this flesh thing. The flesh thing begins to fight back. 
And as you're standing there in awe of this thing, you hear uh, another status report. Sir, bulkhead number three just breached. In a few minutes, it's going to pop four and five. And captain says, lock it down. Sir, there's still people down there. And with the flooding, there's no way they're going to hear the call to evacuate over the comms. I know, sailor. If we don't lock those bulkheads down, we'll all die. You have your orders. And you hear Kentaro go, Captain, we'll do it. We'll get those men out of here. And he's kind of looking at you too. Kind of looks at you guys and nods and goes, very well. You have two minutes and he holds up two fingers until I have to lock down those bulkheads. Be on this side of them when I do. I start Bird's egg timer and it's run. egg timer. <laughs> For all those eggs you eat. <laughs> I'm running right behind him or right with him. As we're running, like, do we really have to volunteer for that? Guitar smiles and says, what can I do it when I see somebody in distress? I just have to help them. <sighs> a minute 30, we're heading out of there regardless of the status. Fair enough. You guys run down the hallways, and there is all sorts of uh, small leaks coming in, uh, and from cracked windows and such, and uh, from this thing that has constricted you guys. So, And you start getting down to lower levels that are flooded. And you're you're knee high, then it's up to your knee uh, to your waist, and you're you're wading through until you get to kind of where you can see, like you can see almost down the entire ship, and it comes to these walls with these doors that are all open. You can see all the way down, and uh, you have to get through. So you see, like you see bulkheads labeled above them, and you are at number like eight or something. You're far down, and you can see down there where you need to go, and you're and you're wading through. And the people they're all trying to close up these. They're fighting the losing battle of trying to close up all these these holes that have uh, flooded this area. And as you get to them, you also people trying to fight away the things that have come through when the fleshy creature cut these holes. This creature would smash into it, create jagged openings. When it pulled away, it would slice off parts of it, and those things would fight uh, anyone that got in their way. And you can see one is like, it just killed a guy and it starts to try to eat them, and it's very occupied eating this thing, consuming it. Uh, but there's two others that are in your way. Would you say yours was again, Lanners? 21. And Victor? 27. You got my name right. Victor, shut up. Lanners, Kentaro. First up is Victor. Uh, these things are in water? Yes. I'm going to try my mace. So I'm going to go up to one. 28. Is a hit? What am I doing? The damage is 14. Okay. You hit it, and when you, when you hit this thing, the mace is coated in its viscera, and it glows. It is now a plus three mace. Make me a will save real quick. Five. <laughs> you change your alignment to chaotic evil. And I want you, I'm going to rely on your role-playing prowess to reflect that in your actions and behavior and thoughts. Why don't you guys use the items I give you? Lammers' turn. You said one of them's eating something? Someone? Yes, there's two in your way and there's one kind of side who just killed somebody and starting to engulf him. I don't want that thing to grow big. I'm going to shoot at the one that's eating someone. Okay. And then I'm going to order Bird to protect... Um, Katara's a gun, right? He's not going to walk right up to him. Yeah. I'm going to command a Bird to protect Victor. 34. Hit. 24. Hit. 22. Hit. 19. Um, so damage is going to be... First arrow does 18. Okay. Uh, 14. Okay. 17. Every time you hit this thing, it's like unzipping something that was filled to bursting and stuff just spills out of it. Ugh. And then the last one does... 17. You kill it. Kintaro points his vortex gun, which looks like a sleek shotgun with three barrels arranged in a triangular formation. And when he fires it, the barrels release a beam of gravitors, gravitons that spiral around each other to create a hundred foot long cone-shaped vortex of devastating energy. It tears and crushes and twists everything that's in, in between him and the end of the range. You see, it's, it, this is a huge gun. He has a heavy weapons harness on to use it. And he almost destroys one of them when he does it. Someone who you don't expect's turn. The guy who was being eaten isn't dead. He stands up and he pulls out his gun and he lets loose a flurry. And he nearly kills 
the thing, but it's still alive. Kintaro just shot at. Uh, bring it to its turn. It's gonna swim over to you guys. It actually seems to swim pretty good. And it's gonna hit Victor for 20 against your AC. You missed it. So then 14's not gonna hit either. No, sir. Your turn, Victor. Oh, I'm going crazy. I'm just gonna start wailing on this thing. 30. Oh, you know what? With Kintaro's gun, he would have shot both of them because it's a cone. So one died. But once. There's just one left. All right. I like that. Okay, well, I'm gonna be wailing on the one that's left. Uh, 34. Hit. 13. Kill it. Uh, so you've killed the things in your way, and one of them that wasn't even in your way. But it was probably gonna be. Uh, and you, you guys head through, and you've, you've, you've rinsed them in what took two rounds, so you've had plenty of time. You go over there and you tell everyone that they're closing the bulkheads, and you don't know what bulkheads are, all you know is that when they're closed, it's bad. And you, <laughs> you guys head out, and as you're heading out, little alarms that are next to each bulkhead spin around, almost like police lights how they kind of have a, a thing on each end and they make like, almost like little cones and they spin around and you see these things slowly, these almost like blast doors close and they block off the areas that were compromised. Uh, and you guys get out, actually with plenty of time to spare, I guess if you can, consider like 30 seconds, plenty of time. And you guys head back out of the water. And as you're heading out, Kintaro stops you, Landris, and gives you a huge hug. Uh, but of course it doesn't last long as you guys keep going. You found a second to breathe. You're getting up there, and Hope and Baron, everybody's back out there, and you guys go out there to rejoin the fight, and everybody's lighting up into this this creature. That you know, you're you're starting to see some progress, but it's there's a there's like a a heart sinking feeling that's just like what? How do you stop this? We fired so much, and if that's all we did, what do we do? We, we can't last that long. Is the dragon still yes. there fighting? Yes, and it is still just the cacophony of its gears and machinations are just silencing anyone else who wants to communicate. So Hope's still reading the book then, right? She has it open and in her hands. Okay. But she's also trying to cast spells with her other one. Um, and so people are, are, are firing. At, at some point, uh, the dragon uh, lands no longer flying, and it kind of turns its back to the monster and slashes at one of the guys manning the guns and breaks the gun and the guy doing it. And it turns and it starts attacking you guys. And this thing is so huge, you can see like with one slash, it takes out like, an armored guy that took a bunch of fire sh shots from you guys. Hope, stop, stop reading, stop reading. And Hope like turns to it and goes, son of a gun. And she goes to close the book and the giant creature slams on your boat and the book slides out of her hand and slides across the deck. Can I shoot this again? 31. 14. As the book slides, it slides across, almost clear into the other part of the deck, and you see it kind of like hit the edge and almost tip out over the water, and the boat reels back the other direction and kind of slides away. Uh, this thing is sliding everywhere, and there's, with that slam, of course, many more of this, these flesh things are everywhere. Uh, what do you guys do? Bird has a fly speed of 80 feet, so I'm gonna you know, point at the book for Bird to grab it and grab it by the spine. All right, Bird goes over and heads over to the, the, the book and a piece of flesh falls and lands on the book and absorbs the book. I'm gonna run over and I'm gonna try and use acrobatics to avoid anything that's in between me and Swashbuckler's Grace. As long as I have one panache point, I take no penalty for moving at full speed and using acrobatics to go by in threatened spaces. Nice. So I'm going to spend a panache point to use um, Daring Do, and I'm going to try and, you know, dodge my way over to the book. And I'm also going to use one of my hunter tricks, um, Skill Sage, to roll twice and take the better result. Okay. So does the 30 succeed? 36 succeeds. So do you want me to do each of these individually? Yeah. It's going to be four rolls. Uh, 22. Success. 32. Success. 32 again. All right. You're, you're in front of the thing that swallowed up the book. 
Um, I'm gonna take out my laser torch, okay? And try and cut the book out. Ooh, interesting. Alright, so that- I'll give that one to be a CMB. 18. You go to cut out the- the- the book of the flesh. Uh, the book of the flesh. The book of the flesh. The book out of the flesh. And as you go to stab it, a giant dragon foot squishes this thing. When I say squish, it lands and there's just viscera in all directions. It's, just, it's like a hydraulic press. There's nothing can There's nothing there. It's all flat now. And you see flying out where the uh, much of the viscera is the book that goes over underneath the dragon over by its tail. And it turns and its head looks at you. Victor. Vic, grab it. Hey, shoot the grapple hook at it. Okay, it's going to get plus four to its AC because it's got partial cover from a giant dragon. So I guess just hitting a stationary object. Let's let's make it with all the moving around and all that. Let's make you have to hit 15 plus it's four, so 19. Oh, I critical fail. Oh, with a critical fail, uh, the boat kind of rocks from the slamming of the monster. Like at this point, it's like, who do I pay attention? The little monster is attacking me, the giant dragon thing. And when I look at that thing, the giant monster thing hits the boat. It hits the boat, shakes it. Your grapple misfires and pink hits the dragon on its head. And the dragon turns its head to you. Breathes in, and as it does that, uh, a whirl of gunfire shoots at the dragon. As it like turns its head, just right after it gets hit, to look at whatever hit it, that's gonna give you a plus five to your reflex save to dodge breath weapon. DC twenty two reflex save. Yeah, plus five. Twenty eight. Nice. Uh, you kind of dive out of the way, and which is good because you see one soldier gets caught up and. He's on fire, and he can't put it out because the tar is what's on fire. There's no putting it out, uh, and it's just real bad. It's going real bad for him. It's, so you know, 14d6 points of damage, plus you're entangled as it continues to hurt you for five more rounds. So you you dodge that thing, and there's just there's just fire on the floor now because there's tar. There's, I, guess, I guess everything's on fire now as tar is on fire on the floor. Uh, not tar as the character, but as in flaming tar that's been shot out of this thing. <laughs> okay, um... You know, what would you consider it be for me to attempt to get the book out from under the dragon, me or bird? I'm going to say it's 30 feet, but you have to climb underneath this moving, shifting dragon. So let's do an acrobatics roll. Okay. I'm definitely going to use skill sage on this one. Huh? Uh, to roll twice to take the better result, and I'll spend a bash for you two. Oh, by the way, uh, Victor, mm-hmm. you look at who shot at that uh, at the dragon's head, and you see Tar. Okay. Like, the character, or...? The character. Minotaur. The higher of my two acrobatics checks is 35. Okay. And you definitely, it's like this maneuver where you're like going through and its tail gets in your way and you jump up and you do like Olympic style pole, uh, pole vaulting and those parallel bars to get over and you get over and you grab the book and as you do, the thing's tail sweeps, knocks you back. But you still have the book. It lifts up and goes down to slam on you. Just as it does, you close the book and it vanishes. And the dragon is no longer a problem for you or for the giant flesh monster. I don't think I can make it walk out a window. With all the damage, the ship is done, the dragon is done, the giant flesh thing uh, kind of starts backing off and is, is not able to keep up with the ship, which has been just booking it as far as, as fast as it could, giving you guys a little time to regroup. And everybody gets together and like there's panting and people are treating their wounds, taking this time to heal up and stuff. The captain's like, he's like, he's got like all these things in front of him and he's trying to create a plan of action. I don't know what we can do. We keep filling this thing full of lead and it keeps coming back. And I don't even have time to question why there was a giant water monster and a giant dragon. I'm open to ideas from anybody. Um, thinking, thinking, thinking. Does anyone have horrible nightmares about nukes? (laughs) 
Hope goes, nukes. Captain, this ship, what does it run on? I is it a generator? He goes, yeah, it's uh, the best generator we can man can build. Or elves can build. Man, pfft. They, like, they wish they could build as cool generators as elves. Am I right, guys? All the elves bro fist. <laughs> Best generator elves can build. And she said, didn't you, weren't you guys tell me about something about how, like, they can blow up or something? Yeah. And the, the captain goes, that could work. Won't that kill us, too? Not if we evacuate. Your ship. We evacuate onto your ship, and we set this thing to blow. We get this thing's attention again, get it to grab us again, and we set it off. And pray that that's enough to take this thing down. Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody, let's get to these vertebrates. Let's get them out. And if every vertebrate we can't fill, just set some planks up and let's get them over to your ship. All right? Somebody will have to stay by to activate the, the sequence. That'll have to be me. And Sinclair steps forward and goes, Sir, with all respect, I would like to be the one to do that. And the captain kind of looks at Sinclair for a couple seconds. And Sinclair says, So you've been a good captain to us. You've been a fair captain to the whole crew. But I think the world could use you a lot more than they could use me. Elson kind of walks over and puts a, give him a strong squeeze on his shoulder and says, you sure, sailor? And the guy nods his head and says, yes, Captain. All right. And two other men step forward and volunteer to stay behind to, since they need a couple men to, to get this going. Elson takes off his shoulder, uh, his little shoulder sash, almost like half cape. And he goes, one last thing, and puts it on Sinclair. And he goes, and he salutes Sinclair and goes, Captain, give the order. And Sinclair nods and says, and Hits a button to activate the intercom and goes, Abandon ship, repeat, all crew, abandon ship. And again, now a different tone sounds out. And everyone begins to evacuate and head up to the vertebrates and to get over to your guys' ship. I give Sinclair a non-sarcastic real salute as best as I can muster. He nods back. And he, and he actually, I must say, he looks at you later and he goes, Make this worth it, all right? Make what, what happened earlier today and this, make it worth it. We'll do our best. You guys had to evacuate, and as you do that, you see the creature uh, catching up again. It seems to, you look back and it, it looks even bigger, as if it's healed from everything you've done to it. And you've been better for it. And it heads back over and it begins to unwrap itself around the ship as you guys evacuate and vertebrates are heading out. It even hits a vertebrate down and crashes into the water. And a few sailors dive in and try to get them, help them get to the ship. And your ship uh, detaches. And over, uh, you can, you've still got like an intercom to hear what's happening in the, uh, with the room with Sinclair and everything. And you hear Sinclair go, It's been honored, gentlemen. All right, let's dive. And the ship goes under. And it, this giant creature is going under with it. After a few seconds of anticipation, just a torrent of water flies up into the sky as a massive explosion rocks your boat, nearly tipping it over. Uh, but the boat slams back into the water, knocking everyone down and settles. And you look back and you see that there's nothing to look back to, that both the ship and the monster are gone. Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us 
at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been Christian and Tim, and Caleb has been your GM. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just getting ready to carve the turkey and enjoy ourselves a nice Thanksgiving dinner. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Trailblazers, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Pathfinder Academy? Why don't you try some of our favorite episodes? One of mine definitely has to be the one we did on GMing philosophies. That was a great one. To hear the different ways we handle GMing from each other was a lot of fun. You can find Pathfinder Academy on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen, too, so go onto our site, tblazer.net, for a complete list of the ways you can listen. So go ahead, get yourself a slice of turkey, pass the mashed potatoes, grab some dice, and join us. You know what, Christian? This year, I'm thankful for you. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful that this ad is finally over. Yeah, everyone else probably is, too.